Hey, what's going on, folk? It's your boy Ken from the Last Call Podcast. Listen, we appreciate all the love we receive, but our social media is getting a little jealous. So follow us on Instagram at Last Call Podcast. No spaces. And if you hadn't added us on iTunes or SoundCloud yet, please go ahead, search the Last Call Podcast, find the one with Ken, Fab, Dave, name on it. Download all the episodes as soon as they drop, and you get all the access to it. Thank you. Keep your glasses full. Show your bartender some love. Okay, last call. Order now before I turn on the lights and you really see what's going on with yourself. She's got class and style. Shooting knowledge by the pound. Baby, never act wild. Very low key on the profile. Catching feelings is unknown. Let me tell you how it goes. Herbs the word, spins the verb. Dave, you fuck this all. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the words. I don't know the words either. Oh that just all right, that, this completely what we had <laughs> planned going into the not. fucking we start of the episode. The we completely fucked up. We didn't get to the oh. I was born in 1989. <laughs> wow. I was under the influence of yeah, Jesus yeah. and gospel music yeah. until. You're a lot. Until 1999. So 10 years. I just, I just yeah. don't, I just don't believe you. Um, what's up, folks? How y'all doing? Uh, my name is Ken. I'm Fab. And I'm Dave. And you listen to the Last Call podcast. Um, so yeah, sorry about that little intro. That we, we'll, we'll do better. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> um, we have special guests in the build tonight. Um, go ahead, bro. Introduce yourself. Oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm Chris. Chris Goins. Nice to meet you, Chris. What's going on? Tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am young, I am black, mm. and I am smart. Okay. <laughs> Let that be known. <laughs> very smart. Hey, I just want to say something real quick, man. Ken, man, that was a was very, good, you have a very polite intro uh, to the podcast. <laughs> right. Like, very polite. I, we like, try hey. to make it as subtle and easy as possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, we there was a calamity going. Like, we, we had something going. We had planned this from, we was at uh, at uh, brunch on Saturday. Yeah. And we said, we heard a song, and it was no diggity. And we were like, we're going to do this as the intro to the song this week. And we, we completely, yeah, we dropped the ball. Oh, nah. But even just like the, the recording when I was like, hi, everybody. <laughs> My name is Ken, and this is the Last Call Podcast. Thank oh, you. Got the, I like that. You um, got the NPR voice. Very nice. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. very nice. Sway, I'm coming for you for your How's job, man. Stop yeah. talking to me. Yikes! I'm um, no, nah, uh, Chris, definitely uh, we appreciate you uh, being in the building and uh, sharing your comments and, and uh, opinions with us uh, in the bar room tonight. Um, it was my fault. I actually should have you know, invited y'all over to the to the bar table. So we have a couple things being poured tonight. And um, I, Chris, I'll let you decide what you're drinking. Oh, that brown. Okay. We're going to go with that. Bobby so. Brown. I was like, was that you? <laughs> I can't tell who's talking anymore. Oh. Uh, no, our, our voices sound the same? Yeah, it's a long time. No, because Chuck is blocking. Oh, okay, yeah, you can't, he, he can't see. His name is Chris Charles. Name. Charles, yeah, Charles, <laughs> Charles, Charles is in the building. Mr. Recording. Charles, Mr. Charles. <laughs> so what I'm pouring and passing down to Chris, Ty. I know you're recording. Can you pass that for me? Thank you. Appreciate it. Ty taking selfies right now. <laughs> Yo, Ty. <laughs> of your time, a moment of your time. <laughs> So Chris, what, what, what you're drinking on is Dalmore Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. So oh. uh, enjoy that. That was made. Wow, cheers, um, thank you. In Scotland, it's 12 years aged. Um, has a nice little stag on the side. It's a dope bottle. Dope history behind uh, the actual the stag. The personification of the stag on the bottles because the family that made it um, killed some big boar that was about to ram and destroy their whole entire family. So. Um, that is the main symbol for why they use it as a bottle. Plus, you know, who doesn't like 
deers and shit. So they were like, "Let's make some whiskey." Right. We killed a deer. Exactly. <laughs> Celebration. <laughs> and single malt, as as far as I understand, single malt's the best way to go, right? So like, you know, I mean, you, if if you're a whiskey drinker, I mean, yeah. I, the best is. I mean, it's all subjective. You know, it's what you, whatever you prefer, right? right? So some people like the harshness of like a bourbon or a sour mash or Jack Daniels, right? And some people, I personally don't, but some people do, right? So the more uh, a bottle's age, if you see the 12 years, right? So you have 12, 15, 18, 21, 25, whatever. Um, the longer it's aged in the barrel, the more it takes on the flavor of the barrel. The more it becomes more smoky and you know get a little more of that wood feel, that mouth feel. But it gets smoother, too. So some people enjoy that and some people don't. Like me, I like 12 years. I don't like 18, 21 smoky whiskey. Right so, on. I mean, so it's, it is whatever you prefer uh, for your palate. Am, am I the only one drinking? Um, no, I was about to ask. Crab. His name is Mr. Flourish. He should go only as that Mr. from henceforth. Flourish. Yes, Mr. Flourish. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my table, oh, <laughs> Mr. <shit>. Flourish. <laughs> Indulge. Yo, the floor is God, oh, man. Is Lord, Lord God. Flourish. <laughs> Mr. Flourish. Lord Flourishington. <laughs> Flourishington. <laughs> the third. <laughs> Yeah, you got got the chicken flowing. I feel you. Apparently, you got to go to Charles, and we gonna plug their restaurant. Yeah, man. What's the name of the restaurant in Harlem? Yo, Charles uh, Pan Fried. Charles Pan Fried. Homemade. (laughs) Wait, Jeff, it's right there. Pan Fried. Let me see. It's on the the menu. Charles. No, no, it's right there in the back. The menu. There's a smiley face. That's a have a nice. I should know this. Ty, you can pass these down. Charles Pan Fried Chicken, 2461 8th Avenue, Harlem, New York. Yeah, go get that. You know what I'm saying? Pan fried. It's a legendary legendary chicken spot. It's actually voted number one fried chicken in all of New York. Oh, Zagat rated, um, eater. Everybody knows Charles. He got a Jerry Curl, so shout out to him. Still. Shout out to Jerry yeah, Curl. Yeah, the Jerry Curl get into the um, into the grease when he make the chicken. That's why it tastes That's so yours, good. Todd. Dave, not Jerry. It's true. It's a true story. Know that. <laughs> Personal facts. What? Um, so everybody's cup is full. Everybody, everybody, um, yeah. one. I can't believe I'm drinking again right now. I just can't do this. Why is that? Strong. Anymore. You had that chopped cheese. It didn't help you bounce I back? I didn't eat a chopped cheese. Oh, I thought you did have a chopped <laughs> no, cheese. I don't eat the meat. I had a chicken sandwich. Okay. Yeah. But still, I died. Just not good. <laughs> it's just not good. Fab had an, an awesome Sunday night. <laughs> what did you do? Who, me? Yeah. Are you saying like that? You were like, it wasn't like, why did you just say that? Nobody said it was awesome, but we were watching the game. I was too, I was texting you guys. Awesome game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the um, Kentucky and UNC game, right? Yes, did you see it? I did see the game. It was dope. It was a dope game. Um, Fucking fumbled, you- man. Fumbled. What? Who fumbled? Duke? Yes, we went over this last week. But <laughs> No, man, I'm talking about fucking... Kentucky man, fucking oh. fumbling. Man. They but they was behind. Fucking though. fumbled, man. I mean, uh, f- yes. Nobody likes no. to see their arch nemesis fucking thriving, like <laughs> in a, the midst a, of their own defeat. As a Jets fan, <laughs> I can relate. Trust Ooh. me. Like, is it cool to see the Giants fucking win <laughs> and win Super Bowls when your team is fucking peeing pieces of shit? Or or the Patriots? I mean, you could pick either one. Ugh. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Today's a bad day for me with football. Yeah. Yo, what's what up? Happened? Yo, no, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. It's on the docket. Yeah, yeah. It's on the docket. We'll talk about it. We'll get to that. Um, But so, I mean, have y'all been feeling the tournament so far? I mean, with Final Four, Dave, I, I mean, I, I, if you have a team that you're, you know, close to and they're not playing anymore, okay, clearly you're mad about it. But, like, what do y'all feel about the tournament? <laughs> because I have ideas. Because, okay, so let me ask y'all this question. Make it easy. Which one do you prefer, the NBA playoffs or the NCAA tournament? NCAA. You're the NCAA tournament. Yeah. What about you? It's more enjoyable oh, for God. me. Oh, <laughs> God. 
<laughs> to watch the NBA joint. NBA joint. Just right now. Okay. I, my, I, I like them both, man. Yeah, they're both important. Both, they're both yeah, good. I can't okay. pick one. I'm yeah. too invested in NCAA for it to be fun for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, my heart's broken right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a half man right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to take a summer. I'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? But, like. Shit happened last week. Man. And fucking one of, the, one of our fucking recruits, dumbass, fucking goes and tries to sign the fucking signs to uh, Missouri. I heard about that. Michael oh, Porter Jr., yeah. dumbass. <laughs> Jesus, man. Like Days are still upset, America. Mm. Sorry, you, you, you'll, you'll get better. Um, so, I, so I have differing opinions. So, Chris, like you, I, like, I enjoy both right. in their own entity, right? right. I feel like a seven-game series proves who's the best team, but I also enjoy a one-game take-all. Uh, uh, yeah, one winner take-all uh, uh, type of format. So... Um, with the NBA resting players a lot lately, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a proposal to Adam Silver since I know he listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna send you I mean, instead of sending you an email like I started to do today. Um, I have an idea. How about what? What if you cut the NBA season short? Like it's 82 games now, right? What if you cut it short to 75? And in between where you have the all-star break, that's a week and change, right? What if you made it two weeks and change? Nah. No, listen, listen, hear me out. Have there's 30 teams in the league. If you had a, I mean, you can't do it with 32, but I mean, you can put in buys and shit like that. But make a one game take all type of. It goes from 30, uh, 30 or to 16. So the winner would play four games, and it'd be matching up literally the top seed, whatever at the All Star break. So basically, what they do, what they do now, except for the one game, right? Okay. In, the, in the middle. I just of, want you to realize that that's already a thing. Like in the NBA, <laughs> yeah, the Eastern Conference, like the 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 that's a tournament, bro. No. It's tournament style. Yeah, it's tournament style. It's tournament style, but it's not a one game take all. No, it's a it's a it, it's how they play. So you think fucking, it should be like the NFL? It's players? how I'm so have a tournament Tennis. instead of because okay, so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's a set. You got to play in a set of games. How they play pool? It's a Cle- set of games. Yes, bro. <laughs> in so the games. regular playoffs. I just watched right. the. I just watched the fucking sequel to. Uh, the Do you Hustler. not know the difference in between what I'm trying to say though? In yeah, between but a regular like, playoffs where there's a seven. Yeah, you t- you're just talking about a sudden dev joint, right? Yeah, that's. Not, but I'm just saying it's already a thing. They just only it's, play. It's they do it in seven games. It's it's not a thing. It's just a different type of <laughs> no victory. It's no. All right. All right. It's semantics. <laughs> semantics. Chris, your opinion on this? I think. I think. Anything changes is just enabling these young kids who are already very entitled. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Michael Jordan. I, I I grew up watching Mike and Magic and Showtime Lakers and all those dudes. Man, right. They put in so much work and never, ever, ever laid down on a fucking bench during a game. And you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, play your 82 games. Get your ass up. You know what I'm saying? You built like a fucking truck. You, you're bigger and stronger than half these dudes were 20 years ago. You and you're actually, paid 100 and you're, and times more. And you're paid 100 more. times more. And these people pay God knows how much money to come see you, right. buy your jerseys, all that other shit. Like, just get out there and bust your ass. I mean, I, look, I get it. You played your whole life. Excuse me. Um, you know, you worked hard to get there. So if you if you there, man, shine. Like, that's, that's what you did all that shit for. How now you, you want to sit on the bench because you tired? <laughs> how do you feel about... So... There was the reason I feel that the, um, they stopped the high school players because it was getting it was getting out of hand as far as like kids like really just basically being like fuck high school I'm out or you know saying finishing co- like not going to college anymore Th- that affected college basketball and their earnings and their um, you know viewership like but what ends up happening is that like 
a lot of kids are making it into the league that probably shouldn't be in the league. So then they put the age thing up, like, okay, he's got to get some type of maturity in there. But, like, now we're seeing, like, if you're looking at high school players, like, these dudes are, some of these dudes can play in the league, like, right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, probably didn't need to go play college. And it's like, now, because of the the the, um, the rule being what it is, you kind of have, like, a like a backup of just guys who are just getting, like, physically ridiculous, like, 6'8". Right. 200 pounds, you know right. what I'm saying, 16 years old and right. shit like that. Like, jumping out the gym. Like, that dude doesn't need to go fucking have to go to school if he doesn't want to. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? I'm personally a fan of making, I, I think it should be. The high school important. thing? I, no, I think I think college is important. I think you get a lot of these kids that come from, you know, impoverished communities, lower-income communities, or come from the inner city, man. And, you know what I'm saying, nothing's guaranteed. So even yeah. if you are jumping out the fucking gym, like, your ass needs to have a backup plan like- no matter what. So, like... For me, I think it should be mandatory that your ass goes to college and graduates. Like, right. I don't give a fuck about all the money because they just going to make money off you anyway. So, right. like, you might as well go ahead and get you a degree. You know what I'm saying? And, like... I mean, that that, that definitely speaks for the like, average at, like, guy who goes Aldridge, to college. Look at Aldridge, right? Like, yeah. granted, he's well into his career at this point, but he had a fucking heart arrhythmia. Like, yeah. that could basically... Sideline his whole career. You. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, imagine if he's 19 years old, gets in the league, has a ball-out season, all of a sudden he's got a heart arrhythmia and has no education. That's it. Yes, Look sir. at um, Greg Oden. He had yeah. to go, he's back in college. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think. I mean, like I said, I get it on the on a higher average, but I'm talking about guys who are who are uh, more than exceptional. exceptional. Yeah. But there's no way to fucking actually measure that shit, so it would never. I mean, the track record of players leaving high school and going to the pros and them being better than the mean better than the average i think was uh, it was it was a small percentage which yeah. is why they also put it into place that's what i'm saying like the, it was getting out of hand there were too many guys in there who didn't deserve to be in there and it was just right. kind of like experiment for kids and it wasn't okay but i mean i get it yeah overseas I mean, they they figured it out how to flesh it out and make it so that if you're going to be you're going to be amateur. You're going to play for an amateur club. If you play, if you live in Germany, if you live in Italy, there's a whole club system set up just like they do in soccer. So, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, you're 15, mm-hmm. but you're playing for Real Madrid, you know what I'm saying, in the team, you know, the 16 under joint, and then, you you know, you go up the stages and you make it. You know, that's how a lot of guys, especially in Spain, are, you know, um, surges like that, you know, so like. Right. But um, I don't know. I don't know if we could do that over here because that just basically would drain college because that means you'd have to pay kids to stay, which is another big argument. But that's like I, don't I was know. just getting ready to say. I think for me, like one of the things I would say is like not only would I make it so that kids have to go to college, but I'm a big fan. I'm I'm in favor of collegiate athletes actually getting paid. But I I have this proposal. And you guys tell me what if I'm bugging or not. Okay, right? Like it. the idea is that like okay, if you're generating revenue for your for your you know university your school. And whether it's basketball, football, I believe that there should be some sort of form of payment, but that money should go into a trust. Okay. So essentially, maybe it's a shared trust throughout the entire like athletic department that goes across all intercollegiate sports or whatever you call that. Like, mm-hmm. but then at the end of your once you graduate, you have access to that fund, or the money goes to well, no, you're already on a free ride, so. Yeah, like I just well, feel like it if should it's go. a shared trust, how do they split up to see whose percentage was worth the most? Right, so whatever. that part maybe doesn't work, but maybe it's okay. I don't know. I just have this idea in my head that I do I do believe they should get some sort of form of compensation, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, how do you do it where it's fair and equitable right. for one, two, right. where it makes sense? It's not like yo, we just paying yeah. this kid to come here. Because no, it's got to be like the spread's got to be quantifiable. Like, oh yeah, we know that by. This thirty percent goes to this guy because he, you know, yeah, or just like yo, you know what I'm saying? Like yo, we're gonna pay you X amount of dollars, and it's not you can't touch it until you're done here. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. We know that you're contributing. I mean, maybe you base it on sport. Let's be honest. Like, motherfuck- motherfuckers ain't going to watch. Like, Duke lacrosse, okay, probably a bad example. I get it. But they can get a higher percentage at Duke because it's, like, huge It's a there. bigger school. They have a bigger yeah, it's, name. it's huge there. Like, yeah. it's a, basketball obviously it's a generates brand. a huge amount of revenue. Football does a lot. Nobody cares about, like, equestrians. Right. Right. I mean, it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, like, fucking, like, the ping pong team. Sorry. It, it, it brings into, you know, the light of, and in, I mean, it'll be an ongoing debate until it actually gets done, um, uh, incent, not incentivizing a high, a coll- a collegiate athletes, but paying them what, you know their worth almost, and it's hard. It's hard to do, um, and it, 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 there's no exact perfect formula for it. But I am on the side of of, of incentivizing uh, collegiate collegiate athletes in some financial uh, way, shape, or form. Dave, did you see the Dave? Here, here's Chappelle? the th- hold on, time out, time out, time out. Here's and then the last thing I'm gonna say about that. Here's the thing about Chris's thing that I actually like is that because if they do that, they're um, they're more inclined to stay in school because they can make more money Bingo. throughout their entire stay. Like their earnings can like increase. So peep the kid the, that, the kid that play. doesn't go to the league but was a part of that basketball team that yeah. went to the national championship, at least he gets out. Right. And maybe there's like a hundred thousand dollars just waiting for Start him. Start like, yeah, plus that's... a degree. Yeah. And he had a free ride. You yeah. know what I mean? So And those guys always end up making connections because they play for the team. Yeah, Probably man. go work at Nike or some shit like man, that. You know? The the Fab Four, Fab Five got pillaged. And it's sad, man, to see like cause I had a Weber jersey and mm-hmm. I like and they didn't get a crumb off of that, man. Nope. They had the whole world in a frenzy. And uh yeah, they definitely they definitely got jerked. So yeah. Speaking of Michigan, um <laughs> <laughs> Flint still without water, I just wanna put that out there. Still Flint's still using didn't uh, he plastic sign a bottles. Bill, finally. Um he signed a bill. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Obama put that bill into place Ooh. before he left office, um, but it's like finally getting shoved through. But that money still is, isn't in their hands. It's a hundred million, right? Yes, a hundred million, a hundred million in aid from FEMA that he's trying to cut. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's another story. Um, but speaking <laughs> of Flint, Michigan, um, no. Dave, did you see the Dave Chappelle special? Yeah, I did. Uh, watch the Dave Chappelle joint. She was fire. Right, she was fire. Um, I it was. I think we were talking about it when. We were on the air last week. Like we were yeah, on the, oh, we were on the it mic. was happened. Uh, it dropped that night. Yeah, it dropped that night. And we were like, "Damn, I'm gonna stay up and watch the shit. I'm gonna stay yeah. up and watch shit." Thinking nah. it was gonna drop at twelve, and then Netflix played niggas and dropped it at twelve o'clock <laughs> California time. Oh, I'm like, "Yeah, damn. I'm not staying up to oh, three o'clock to watch this shit." I'll watch this shit. Jerk this, bro. That's sick. Um, but yeah, no, the Flint, Michigan joke in there was dumb funny when he said Chris Rock invited him to the. He was on his way. Yeah. To um, oh, 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 you didn't see it yet? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna shut the fuck up. That joke is actually very funny. <laughs> very funny. I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Fab, you didn't see it? I only saw like 45 minutes in. Okay. To the one of them. So, that, you should see that. You should have seen that joke. Really? I don't think so. It's very funny. It's very black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, he did a very black thing. Yeah. Um, Chris, you saw it? I saw probably like an hour okay. at the most. And then. I started falling asleep. Is this so? I haven't even seen the second one. I have not seen the second yeah. one. Is it just not available to? Nah, it's there. Okay, I watched both like, like twice. Okay, solid. Damn man, you got so much more time. Nah, I really don't. Though. <laughs> I just be like, I be downloading I'd be like, shit. Damn, I, know. Time. I spend a lot of time on the train, so I be downloading shit and just letting them shit ride. Were you laughing on the train while you were watching it? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wild crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Um, <laughs> especially <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> have you, you heard some of the, the uh, backlash from uh, from it though? I, I mean, I backlash. just I just saw a lot of like sensitivity. sensitive people. Okay. So, oh, it's you can't say that. And, like <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really say he didn't say anything bad. He didn't say anything wrong. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So people were just like, those are the same people laughing at Dave Chappelle's show when it was out though. Yeah, right. yeah. Dave Chappelle. Now they're older and they care about like political things. Right. Now it's not funny. The harsh yeah. truth can't go one way. Like it can't right. just be like. Ah, oh, Trump's the harsh truth. Open your eyes. And he's like, yo, so what about like this? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> that's not how that works. Yeah. Fuck that. I mean, I think that's the, the, part, the part about comedy is that comedy is, is supposed to make you. Got, right, anybody can get got, but like there's some uncomfortability with it at times. Yeah, and like that's that, what though. brings out you know, the humor in the humor. That's why you don't sit in the front. That too. <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Um, your man Kendrick's out here shooting. Yeah, Kendrick uh, shooting. Mm. Kendrick mm. shooting. That is the paradise. Who's he shooting at? Uh, who knows? Who do you think he's shooting at? Now we don't know. I have no idea, man. Right. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I like cool, man. Right. I'm ready. Whoever whoever wants to respond and take the bait. Right. You know what? He ain't. I think that's anybody. what it is. He's just firing shots, right. and whoever wants to take the bait, gonna step up. Yeah, but. It, you know, I love Kendrick. Don't get me wrong, right? I, I I'm curious to see him in a battle scenario. Okay, I am, and I followed him since his very first post on Not Right when he did Compton State of Mind over that Jay Z the Empire State of Mind shit. So I was like, oh, okay, like the very first post. Just side note for Kendrick was the Empire State of Mind, and SK wrote, "Never heard of this kid before, but this is pretty cool." Mm-hmm. And that was like the very first Kendrick Lamar post. And I always thought that was dope because then it's like you see this development and growth of an artist. But, you know, Kendrick do be rapping fast and sometimes you don't really know what he be, you know, he be be hitting you with a lot of shit and you be like, I don't, like, Uh, what? (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that that almost makes sense. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And you be like, oh, shit. Like, he just hits you with like a sound effect and shit. You know, I still love him though. But does that does that take away from the actual lyrical content and the, and the flow like the flows that he's creating and putting on for like showcase? I don't know. I mean, the presentation is dope. The delivery is dope. His cadence, his flow, all of it sound like. But can you tell me lyrically? Like, do you know the lyrics? Like word for word. Like, can you give me some of the bars besides like I don't? What was the one shit that stood out that I think a lot of people were talking about? Like, I'll smack the shit out of you. Something out off the like, diss track. Yeah. Like, do we know? I mean, but you can tell me what Remy said in Sheetha, right? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can't tell me. She, she said I, a lot of shit. She said a lot of shit. I, she said something about Sheether. somebody's brother. It was bad. I've listened to Sheetha point seven times. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I mean, Why did you stop it was aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> she said some not so no, nice but point things. Point seven. That's like not even through. Exactly. Exactly. When, so, when yeah. did you cut it off? It's just like. Mm. <laughs> I don't want. I this. see what's going on in this room. I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm good, guys. Yo, I'll be easy though. You open the door and was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't like the smell in there. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it. Eat to me. It's either Sean Drake, whatever, I think whoever, it's both. whoever. I think it it's could both, be both or whoever else feels froggy. Right. Um, <laughs> but he's making niggas rap again, so I have no, yeah. I have no problem with. It. Uh, he's making niggas really? rap again. Um. But 
that yeah, that fast cadence from Kendrick it can get a little OD. Like listening to Holy Key, I have three fourths of that song. I have no idea what he said. <laughs> no clue. No seriously, fame man. and fortune, and then after that, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, again, love the dude, but sometimes you know what I'm saying it's like listening to Bone Thugs. Yeah, I actually challenged a girl on because on, on um when was it on Biggie's birthday? There was on Twitter I challenged somebody because I, I tweeted that nobody can. From um, the Notorious Thug song, mm-hmm. I was like, I only know Big's verse. I was like, but can't nobody tell me Busy Bones verse? Can't nobody rap those other verses? And dead ass, two people <laughs> tweeted me videos of them rapping word for word. <laughs> like, Busy Bones, what? what they were dead wearing? Ass. That's yeah. crazy. Those niggas fucking sit on Twitter <laughs> they gotta be, all day. They are probably searching their name on Reload, on Reload, just waiting. Got the link already up. They were like, random saying, ready to drag yeah. and drop, just waiting yeah. for somebody. Waiting for to their be moment. Like, Every Biggie, somebody said. I can't what <laughs> busy bone. <laughs> I know the whole song. I'm willing to bet they from Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, oh man! God. God. <laughs> hey, seriously God. though, I'm just saying. Seriously like, though, my brothers, both my brothers know everything. I love both of No, look, I was a big both of die hard, awesome, bro. Man, for Eternal, uh, <laughs> creeping on and come up. Those were my shits, man. But I'm saying, like, Bone Thugs is awesome. But like, it takes a special kind of fan. To know the words word for word, niggas yeah. in Ohio know them words. <laughs> yeah, they do. Word for word. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, I promise Breaths, you, everything down. On I point. promise you, it's it's amazing to watch my brothers like sit in the car together. <laughs> have you have you guys heard uh, Lil Busy Busy Bone Son? Nah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, nah. He just got yeah. He just put out his first. Uh, he's got like an EP and project coming out, but he put out his first single. Um, I feel like a radio person. Shout out to Lil Busy. You want to say that? Um, <laughs> But he's got a drag called Busy's in the house. It's, it flips a sample from uh, from uh, Thuggish Ruggish Bone. He killed that shit. Uh, okay. Okay. And, uh, and then actually, just what you were saying about making niggas rap again, if I can, I have to say, you gotta if you haven't, you got to be listening to Conway, West Side Gun, Griselda Records, Benny the Butcher. Okay. Buffalo, New York. Them motherfuckers yeah. are monsters. Literally. I like it. Yeah, for real. Like. They uh so you know M just shining them to shady they got a joint right for sure shady right I, shit, I heard that shit yeah nah West Side Gun man Conway those dudes look are, out for they're it. important they're very important look out for that America um before we get in, I'm gonna we're gonna get into music in a second for with fast pick but I I know you wanted to touch on you you going through a little hurt today. You going through a little pain. Hey, y'all y'all want to talk about that? <laughs> it's, yeah. on it's on the agenda. It's on the agenda. It yeah. was the last thing on the agenda. It's it's okay. So I've got mixed feelings about it. Okay. It is a, it is a sad day. You know. Tell the people why. The Tell fans. the people why. For the fans that Yo, don't know, I am one hundred percent through and through, true and true fan. Autumn wind, commitment to excellence, just win, baby. I'm an Oakland Raiders diehard fan. Yes, and um. That's Those who know you know that to yeah. be a complete fact. It's a fact. And I'm a ride or die Raiders fan. I've been a Raiders fan since birth. I'm talking going to the Coliseum in a fucking helmet and okay. uniform. My mother's a Raiders fan. My cousins are Raiders fans. Like, I'm, I'm that's bloodline <laughs> shit. I think it's lying. That's, that's bloodline <laughs> shit. Jeff, who's your favorite team, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. God. Right, right, right. So, you know, I mean, look, it, it's an unfortunate situation that has been going on for close to a decade now since before the late Al Davis, rest in peace, passed away. Like, just trying to get a situation sorted out for them to get a new stadium deal in Oakland. And there's a lot of back and forth between the city, you know, them wanting to, you know, put a lot of the money, use a lot of public funds for it. And as you know, 
Oakland is not exactly the most affluent of cities in America. To be um, taking public to funds. To be taking to public build funds. A stadium that they're going to use. Yeah, and the Raiders being the franchise. Times, times the yeah, and the Raiders being the franchise that they are and the kind of money that the Davis family has. Granted, they're not the most wealthiest of families within the league, but still, like, there's there had to be a resolution. And, and I get why Mark Davis did it, but it, it's ripping the soul out of a city. And um, especially at a time when that team is, we're, we're, we're back. You know what I'm saying? Like we've really rebuilt and, and put. It was a, a long time. I went. What was it 17 years without making the playoffs? 18 years. Something like that. 15, 14, okay. 14, 14, 2002, okay. and then with 2002 we lost in the AFC, AFC championship, championship, and then we went to the Super Bowl and lost to our old coach who we fired the year before, John Gruden. Uh, to John Gruden, the Damn. great, the great John Gruden. Yeah. That's awful. Um, yeah, it was bad, and and the Tuck rule, and there's just a lot of bad blood from 2002, 2003 that's just carried over for years, and now with this resurgence of the team, for this to all happen at this time. It's just terrible, but we, but you'll continue to root for them while they're. Oh yeah, in no Vegas. question, no question. I mean, shit, a weekend in Vegas with a fucking Raiders game on a Sunday. That's well, that's the thing. It was the money. <laughs> that, that, it was <laughs> the money that brought them to Vegas. You know, the money Absolutely. is flowing out of Vegas. Vegas, they they've just been, got a, They've been begging for NHL. They got an NHL team. Board. Yep, they have the NHL the Golden team. Knights. I mean, yeah. they have the Thomas Mack Center. They're trying to get a, a basketball team in there too. Yep. So, uh, uh, Vegas is a thriving city. It was it was once known as like one of those small towns, but it's blowing Absolutely. up exponentially and the money is flowing into this and Vegas is trying to change its image right. they don't want to just be a gambling town they want to be a place where people it's not just a destination for adults to go gamble drink wild the fuck out they Associated want families to come people, they want yeah. people to be there kind to the enjoy themselves right. and, you know what I'm saying I, it, it's definitely a, a very tough situation for fans my way like the way I look at it is this right like if it wasn't going to be LA and we couldn't make a deal in Oakland, and Vegas is the only option. It's an hour flight from LA. It's an hour flight from. Well, that's the thing. From LA, it's actually closer. Like, it's fucking, are, it's, it's forty-five minutes yeah. from LA by plane. Those tickets generally on Southwest run you like sixty it's bucks. Not, yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it, I mean, you save on gas money because the drive is four hours. But you know, obviously, I'd rather than be in Oakland or LA. Oakland, obviously, but um, you know, it's not the worst thing and I mean it's Sin City it kind of does feel still very much like the one, Raiders I was gonna say if there's one team in the NFL that, yeah, that, that actually be, belongs in Sin City yeah it's, it's the Raiders man they're, yeah, you man, know the bad boys I mean since like the Raiders sweet. belong like if they're if there's one team that could be in Vegas I could understand the Raiders being there yeah. it still keeps that connotation of, yeah the black hole lives on man like it's still gonna be badass yeah. and, and kind of you know, rough and tough. I mean, and the team, this, this doesn't change the actual structure of the team itself. Like, you still got what you got going in the next the year. The identity doesn't change. It's just, look, it's, it's a new, it's a new, out of Oakland, it's a new mean, address. What it and what it does to Oakland and the city of Oakland, you know what I'm saying, is I think the biggest piece to it. Um, yeah. It's mad jobs. Mad jobs with people in Oakland. I mean, but yeah. they've been experiencing, like, that area has been experiencing that with sports teams lately because then they do that with the 49ers. Like the 49ers were Yo, the 49ers are like an hour south. Yeah. But they were in they were in downtown Candlestick Park, right? Candlestick it's is like right outside downtown, the right? Damn near. It's like it's 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 twenty minutes from down less than twenty minutes from downtown. Like okay. Off the freeway, like you come from the airport, you're driving to San Francisco, like yeah. you see Candlestick, you go over a hill and then you're in the city. Oh, okay. So it's Damn. right there and it used to be on the water. But they got rid of Candlestick right. and they moved like an hour south or some yeah. shit. Right. It's crazy. But right. the thing with Oakland is crazy is that like you know, the Golden State Warriors are alive, and that changed the dynamic for that city because it, it brought in revenue. Right, People are yeah. coming to Oakland to see the Warriors, Steph Curry, right. you know what I'm saying, the NBA champions. So what that did was it pro provided this platform for the Raiders to be great. So don't get it twisted. The league has approved it. I have, you know, the hope of all hopes that 
if our team does what we're supposed to do, considering what the moves we've made in the offseason with Cordell Patterson and Jared Cook and Derek Carr coming back healthy, and God only knows if Marshawn comes back. Right. You, you we, got, we got two years in Oakland, Alameda to do some real yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, 17, like, 18. That, like, yeah, yeah. You get a Super Bowl, that changes the whole conversation. You know huh. what I'm saying? You bring a chip to Oakland and don't let the Warriors have one too. Right. That money's going to show right. up. They're going to be there for a few years. They're going to be there for a couple yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to, they're supposed to leave in 2019. So basically, yeah. it's like, yeah, now the league's approved it. Now y'all got two years yeah. to figure this to shit out, basically. Yeah. At least that's how I see it. Hmm. Mark Davis ready to go. I mean, the just, money's been the money's been put down already. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. My uh, my boss, her husband, actually works for JP and does all of the fucking taxes and the fucking orga- organizational setup, like in those fucking stadium deals across all of the fucking major shit sports. Must be crazy. Yeah, he was talking about that Vegas shit, like how they was trying to get somebody to co-sign the fucking loan and shit. Yeah, they got Bank of America. Bank of America exactly. said they're gonna give them what six hundred yeah. fifty million exactly. <laughs> That exactly. money, man. Money talks. Yep. Money always talks. Yep. Um, Fab, what uh, what you got for the oh, two of them? Um, actually, did I say I was going to play him this week? So I'm playing a track from Oswin Benjamin. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I know you guys know him. Um, where? I mean, where did you first hear him? Do you guys know? Dave? Uh, oh, me? <laughs> yeah, or Chris? Oh. Yeah. I I first heard Oswin Benjamin destroying uh the doomsday cipher mm. uh on sway in the morning and um i knew i mean i just actually like my former co-worker boss he was in his office and he was just playing it and you could just and i just heard this shit i was like Yo, who the fuck is that mm-hmm. like what like and walked into his office saw this kid in a gigantic rockefeller jersey he had the knee length old school Harlem <laughs> oversized basketball jersey on and the crazy shit was is that about um i don't know a couple months before that i had actually linked up reconnected with who is one of his best friends who used to live in the apartment underneath me shout mm-hmm. out to tyler mm-hmm. and uh and he was like, yo, I got my homeboy. You got to check him out. You know, our whole clique, all we do is wear jerseys, blah, 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 blah. He'd actually showed me, this is another video that they got called The Soul Part 2 where they yeah. play a ball up on uh, St. Nick's Terrace. And uh, they were all in different jerseys and shit. So when I saw him in the jersey, the I said, oh, shit. <laughs> and so that was it. And from there, it was it was on. Yeah. Um, so this song is Summertime Nights. And it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> Summer nights are like paradise and like a paradise we all roll I think I find a key of life, I'm trying to live this right and we all know Summer nights are like paradise and like a paradise we all roll I think I find a key of life, I'm trying to live this right and we all know Mama said pray, trust God in a vision But it's harder to cope when your funds low, I should push through that kitchen, yeah a little cash flow, fiddle with the hoes like cash flow. You the nigga dick like a lasso, body picture through the Texas, that's El Paso. Whole fuck club, but you can get a pass though. Still trying to figure with a pass goes. Trying to develop like a tadpole. Less of a pussy, more of an asshole, nigga, my love. Gotta make a move, I gotta make a move tonight, yeah. The niggas, I might be the next one to die Might be the next one to see, I don't know But while I'm alive, I do what I need to survive Whether it's cooking the pie, so loading the dice I'll die for a one down to five, die before I Get in our rental and drive Down 87 and round up in mountain to live in my mind Living on me, so don't live life at all, God, yeah 
summer nights are like paradise And like a paradise we all roll I think I found a key of life I'm trying to let us write and we all know Summer nights are like paradise And like a paradise we all roll I think I found a key of life I'm trying to let us write and we all know Summer nights are like paradise And like a paradise we all roll I think I found a key of life I'm trying to let us write and we all know Summer nights are like paradise And like a paradise we all roll I think I found a key of life, I'm tryna let us ride. I ain't never shot a nigga, but I will. If I had to, I ain't never robbed a nigga, but I will, yeah. Bills fast too. All this rhyming, got a nigga rhyming. Cup of soup by the box, load in the closet. College, left a nigga with an empty wallet. Sally Mae got me thinking I'm moving at Johnson and Johnson, man. Summer nights way too long. Got me thinking about way too much. I've been fucking up way too much. I've been spending every little bit of bread that I get my hands on way too much. So the vices are way too clutch now. Hold the melanin with the niggas game on land my ass and cuffs now. It's the summertime, that's the only reason they need for a nigga like me to get gunned down. Bottles of that moan liquor, sharing only with my broke niggas. I ain't got a front for the dough, nigga. I'm the realest nigga that you know. Learn to cope with the woes through the coast from home, nigga. Got the blueprint for your soul, nigga, goddamn. Summer nights are like paradise, and like a paradise we all roll. I think I found a key of life, I'm tryna let us write and we all know. Summer nights are like paradise, and like a paradise we all roll. I think I found a key of life, I'm tryna let us write and we all know. Summer nights are like check, paradise. Check. Yeah, like a paradise so that is Oslin Benjamin, Summer Night, Summertime Nights. Um, I feel like it's getting warm out ish. It wants to so bad. Yeah, no. It's supposed to be April. Well, yeah, yeah in a couple I mean, days. And yeah. uh, Saturday, yeah. So, tis the season. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have our guests here, and um, we kind of wanted to like get into the whole, just in general, having a brand, right? And going back to um, Oswin, like when you first met him, you remember him by his jerseys, like stuff like that, and um, kind of like creating like a timeless brand in a sense mm-hmm. um i know a, la- a couple weeks ago or a month we had dave's homeboy on here pesco yeah um so yeah that's pretty much it you have uh, questions um i mean so i mean what goes into being able to mold a brand like what are some of the keys that make a brand stand out i, I mean i'll lean on just dave because i know design would be like the first thing that comes to my head i mean yeah i'm something it has to have an identity so like to me so i feel like um anytime you look at a product uh it's either recognized by what it is as its function or uh like the shape of it the design to let you know that oh yeah i know that that phone is shaped like that because like earlier like a couple minutes ago i saw chris's phone and i recognized that it wasn't an iphone yeah no jab and i was trying to figure out (laughs) green bubble gang droid life baby Yeah, so, you know, those are, you know, so identity and then design. So I, those are like the two major components of what um, it comes to when I see. So design, even with how a product is displayed and all the things that go into what people take in as far as like sensory input, like what people take in from actually like experiencing it, you know, mm-hmm. intangible or tangible. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, f- Every brand has something unique or identifiable about it. Um, I think, you know, to Dave's point, it does start with the product. There's no question about that. Um, I think 
there's also a whole game of psychology that plays into it, right? How so? Everything from a logo to affiliations, associations, you know what I'm saying, to um, the, I mean, it really that ties into the experience of how someone is introduced to a product. You mm-hmm. know, I think a, a big part of it is how you're introduced to something. Nike existed for a long time before Jordan came in, mm-hmm. you know, and then boom, this guy is doing what he's doing and they attach themselves to really to him. He didn't go to them. They came to him and suddenly we're all Nike and you know all these other brands. So it's, true. It, it, it's, it's a combination, I think, of obviously the product and the design and that, those kind of things. But then I think there's so many other intangibles that play into what can make a brand successful, whether that be affiliations, circumstances, luck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like right time, right place. Yeah. I mean, fucking FUBU got a Gap commercial because LL was like, yo, I'm going to wear this hat and rapping right. and shit. I mean, they were already hot, but like, I mean, I, I wasn't a FUBU guy, but like <laughs> once it happened, it happened. You know what right. I'm saying? You couldn't ask for better, better exposure. exposure than that. Right. You know what I'm saying? For a brand. So, you know, there's not one formula for that shit, man. Mm. It's, it's, it's like being a rapper or being an athlete. You know, it's timing. It's luck it's hard work it's all of those things that kind of like come into it i think honestly we were talking about it earlier today so like you know i've I worked in the apparel business and, and handle marketing for a brand and, and one of the things that's really true right now is that the retail space retail is falling apart yeah in terms of brick and mortar stores mm, and sure. people actually physically shopping you know in actual stores it's just it's crumbling and then on top of that you add in for particularly people of our age you know our space oversaturation we have so many options so many choices you know and so many ways to get a product that it's just you know it the, the business is just shifting every single day um that there are a few brands right now that are really winning if you will at okay. retail making money and we were talking about and there's only one really that's like knocking them out and that's your boy ronnie mm-hmm. kith has created a very unique experience i won't even call it a brand from the product that they make private label to the collaborations that they do to how they give you a retail space. I mean, you go into a kid's store, whether it be New York, Miami or anything, it's, it's, it's bigger than just let me cop some kicks. You feel a way. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And you know, I, I like, I'll be the first, I, like I'm not in kith like that, but every time I've gone, like I went to the Miami one, I was like, Holy shit. If I had an extra thousand dollars, right. Now, I've like, you just automatically want to <laughs> get the shit. And I think the, the product is yeah. really, really so it's selection. Standard. So they're buying, I mean, they're buying is, has been, I mean, their buying is their brand. Mm-hmm. The, the way that they buy, um, for and for people who don't know, like when I mean buy, I don't mean like when people buy stuff. I'm talking about like when a store is a retailer, when they buy the product that they are going to sell to you. Um, so what they decide to put in their stores, basically. Like what they decide to put in their stores has always been something that shaped what Kith is. Um, amongst other you know, streetwear, you know, like stores that have, have that same kind of name, maybe older ones too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I like mean, I Packer, think that, you know, they have, I think what Kith did. Yeah. Like Packer. I mean, everybody, the, the, Kith is really aligned with New York city. Right. As is, you know, a kind of a brother brand of theirs. I'm Elian Dor, Teddy Santis, the God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all they, they do. all praises due to Teddy. He's the, the goat. Um, <laughs> like, really, just spit his if info you guys, just now. Listen, Teddy Santos. If you do not know who that is, please do your research. Please look up Ami Leon Doris, the best brand out next to the one I work for. 
right now. Right. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> right. no, um, seriously, no. But like, cool. you know, they've they, what they've done really well is they've identified New York, right? And they've they've they really capture this sort of timeless essence of very mm-hmm. basic essentials that tie into sort of New York and hip hop fashion really well. Whether yeah. it's a hoodie, whether it's they just entered in a denim and like they're doing a cool ass jean jacket that looks like anybody else's jean jacket, but just even where they put their logo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even the Kith logo, even though it's just a box logo, Supreme is a box logo. So many other brands have it. There's there's certain ways that they've been able to deliver and execute on product and experience that is unmatched right now. I'm not going to lie. I would say that uh, as a brand evolves, um, it also takes on more components that kind of make up what it means to be that brand. So uh, what I feel like is another component of like something like a Kith is their, uh, their constituency like or the people, their consumers. Yeah. I don't necessarily identify with the average, you know what I'm saying, kids consumer. I feel like. Why is that? Because I'm just like not, like those guys like literally sit on the internet all day. These are like the hype beast hype kids, beast. yo. Okay. And it's like, you know what I'm saying, for me to look up with a sweater, it's like, okay, that's cool. Because I know if I would have been three clicks late, you know what I'm saying, gone. Right. But I just don't have that same vigor. And I feel like kids kind of gets that. Or for some people, it gets that kind of knock, like, yo, man, like, man, only, like, fucking hype beast fucking shopping that store and fucking fan over it. That's a lot, It's the man. new, because for them, it's the new, it's the available Supreme. It's the Supreme that they could actually buy, and they kind of flock to because they couldn't get Supreme because it's a little more available. Like, I feel like even the fact that it's a box logo and... It's true. Nah, it's certain. Like, it's, I, I, I hear what it fills saying. a space. It's, it's a, he's filling a space that he knew. He, he's like he, he, he made his product just a touch more, like available, yeah, and was, put a little more care into the pre- presentation of the product. Because Supreme do the same lookbook every season, bro. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> These niggas will put out whatever the fuck. Yo, they but want people to forget. Go. Yo, fuck it. Supreme's they're skateboarders. At yeah, heart. like they don't absolutely. Give a fuck. Right. Absolutely. They pimping this shit out. They're skaters that are like, yeah, fuck it. If we can get away with fucking doing a brick, and motherfuckers are gonna cop it. Like, absolutely. what do I care? Yeah, then niggas will niggas will buy yeah. it. So because like of that, that but, but even even still in that, like a brick sells out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> this shit is so crazy. for for a, you know Ronnie, he's like, okay, I got a store. Fuck it, we just gonna make the brand. Usually, in the past, brands like Undefeated and you know Diamond Supply, you know like hundreds. These guys are based in like selling other people's clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like Union, especially. But like because of like the just like the growth of just like yo, I know clothes. Let's make clothes. You know, like what you get in that is that like that happens over time. But with Ronnie, Ronnie was like yo, fuck it, we doing it from from jump yeah i mean if you look at the evolution like and i can't speak to it like super intelligently no. but just knowing like i remember going to transit and seeing those asics that he was doing on behalf of david z and shit and the shit was so fucking hard like you couldn't believe like he had me wanting to wear asics in like the fucking late 90s or fucking early <laughs> so whenever the fuck he was doing that shit i was like yo what the fuck it was like early 2000s right yeah but like you know even before that i think like because they were in other stores it was asics that you could get on broadway in, in david z that you couldn't get anywhere else and yeah and then like you know kith like grew from like this tiny section it took over atrium like yeah if you if you're a new yorker and you understand you know, what atrium, you know what atrium was it took it, it took over atrium atrium had been there since 
I moved, I like, like when I was a little kid, like going in the atrium and seeing Iceberg for the first time hmm. and like, okay. you know, Moschino and like, that yeah. was like, you know what I'm saying? Like 93, 94, like some other shit. So yeah. like for him to take over that space with him, it says a lot about whatever he's been able to do. I think the sneaker collabs have been right. The affiliations have been crazy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then he does shit like, I'm going to drop a t-shirt uh, based on the uh, 96 Olympics and we're going to partner up with the locks. You know, like what? I mean, and these some of these kids, like you said, those hypebeast kids, they don't even know the fucking locks. They don't, they don't know the locks. They, they don't know, man. Can tell you nothing about the locks. But, they don't know. You ask them, they don't know. You know. But um, yeah, man. So I think you know, it, there's a lot of different things that go into it mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, how did? Do you think that they went out with the idea of that's the identity that we wanted? Cause, like you said, some people luck up into it and they find, like, they stumble upon. So, um, and I'm gonna flip it and take it away from fashion, but as a brand itself, New Amsterdam Vodka, right? Mm -hmm. New Amsterdam Vodka wanted to be marketed to 25 to 45 aged white men. That was their demographic. That's what they wanted, right? What? But finance, right? It, but exactly, and then reoccurring, uh, reoccurring income and yeah. a higher. A high well, I was thinking the finance guys too, like they wanted those dudes, right? Well, New Amsterdam, if you look at the bottle, it's, it's a picture of the Empire State Building. So, like that New York culture track, that's what they wanted. Sweet. Instead, what they got was a more of an urban market that's purchasing New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam just surpassed Smirnoff as the top selling vodka in New York City, mm. right? Yes. New Amsterdam what? sells more bottles than Smirnoff does, which was number two for about five years. Bro, now, what's the price? What but what's the price like? Uh, it's the exact same Similar, price point. Yeah. It's the exact same price point. Yeah. They, so, they're they're targeted at the exact same price. But what about Ciroc? So Ciroc does it. Honestly, also Ciroc is not is, a vodka. Fab, tell say that again, Fab. It, Ciroc is not <laughs> a vodka. Wow. Even though it isn't a vodka. It's all a sham. <laughs> it's not. We did this we did, already. Yeah, we, we, Wait, we what is it? It's, a, over it's a basically a wine, like a tonic wine, <laughs> but it's does. It's not made. It's not. It's not technically made how you're supposed to make vodka. So technically, it's made from grapes. It's a wine. Part two, I'm trying to say that they got they was getting sued, so they took the vodka off the box. It's not yeah, on the box bro. anymore. It doesn't say it just says Ciroc. Yeah. Oh shit. Ciroc, yeah. Ciroc as itself as a whole is actually falling off. I see you, Puff. A, you keep doing you, fam. Keep doing He's a billionaire. Hey, he's a billionaire. Yeah, you keep doing that. He's a billionaire, dog. Get that money. Drop that drop that summer culotta. Got the cool lot of coming out. I saw that shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> La Marina crazy. Yo, D, nah, I need so listen, three cases, so, baby. So he dropped, he dropped <laughs> that. He dropped the summer cool lot because the brand is actually falling off as a whole. Um, uh, compared to when, uh, let's say about three, four years ago, when it was up at around um, three to four million uh, cases sold a year, it's actually falling down as a trend. And New Amsterdam has taken over a lot of his market share. A lot of it, because if, if you think about, it, they come out with the exact same flavors. With literally, when Ciroc dropped apple, New Amsterdam dropped apple. When Ciroc dropped pineapple, New Amsterdam dropped pineapple. So New Amsterdam has taken a lot. If you go into, it doesn't matter what store you go, what liquor store you go into, you ask them, what do you sell more of, Ciroc or New Amsterdam? They will tell you they sell New Amsterdam four times over. That's and crazy. They sell it's Ciroc. so much better than Ciroc. I mean, um, Smirnoff. Right. Also, Smirnoff is like you drink Smirnoff and you wake up, you feel like you got hit by the MCA. Yeah. Like if, legit, it's awful. If I drink vodka, I want to say it like that. I drink T 
Tito's. Tito's. Yeah. Uh, Tito's, Tito's is, Tito's is, the, is the other one that is taking a lot of Tito's market. Tito's is the shit. Tito's hey, Archie. Hey, Archie. Yeah. So, so, I mean, but, so my, my point going on with this conversation is that they initially did not want to shield. They, didn't, they weren't looking for that target market. But because they found that urban target market, it has made them the number one selling vodka in New mm. York. Now, they're still chasing that 25, 45-year-old. I literally had a conversation with somebody from, uh, uh, from, the, uh, the, from Gallo Winery, which is who produces New Amsterdam vodka. And we were literally, for a whole entire day conversation, I was like, why doesn't, because and they don't. If you think about, it, they don't embrace the urban market. They're still chasing that other market. So they stumbled upon this by accident. Is that and has made their identity. So I guess my question, going back into Kith, is if is if they chased that identity, if if that's what their target market was, or did they stumble upon it? If I could, I think I, I don't even think I could be wrong. I don't know Ronnie like that, right? Like, right. My theory is like the way if you look at the way they grew, they say, "Yo, we're gonna make a T-shirt. We're gonna make a hoodie. We're gonna start real simple. We're gonna start smaller." Which is very simple he had the sneaker shit going for him and like you know those collabs and then just you started small and then it turned into hats then it turned into jackets then it turned into soap mm-hmm. and then he had a cereal bar and it was just like you know i think it was kind of just almost like which is fire by the way yo and i've heard great things and like, like for me i guess it's like a it go with the flow type of thing you can set out and have goals you know what i'm saying but say like yo we're just gonna start off with this fucking t-shirt with a box logo on it see if it flies if it works then we're gonna do another color oh the other color works all right maybe we make it as a hoodie shit maybe they'll like a hat and then like yo fuck it everybody's doing snapback hats let's do a you know they call them dad hats or whatever i think it's called like i forget what technical technical term for it is but whatever like Brimmed, curved brim, <laughs> <laughs> low rise, curved brim. Yeah. Pants. So like, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I'm imagining that it was like kind of just like natural thing. Like, you know, you just start off with one, and mm-hmm. it leads to two, and two to four, four to eight. I know you t- you talked about some of the challenges with the you know with the shifting in changing from brick and mortar to like now it seems like it's a digital world now, absolutely right? everything is going digital absolutely what are some of the trends that you see shifting more to cater towards the digital market or at least uh, attract the digital market uh i think so- social shopping okay. i mean you're starting to see i think instagram has already started to kind of beta out the ability to shop a lot images. i see a lot and you know, I think it's just, it's a fully immersive experience through, you know, mobile and online where you're just, I mean, most of us are on our computers or our phones all day. So, you know, it's just kind of that natural transition. Everybody's using their phone. Fuck it. We're going to sell through the phone. How are we going to sell through the phone? I don't know. Look, you know, Instagram is like, now you can shop a page, you can shop yeah. a picture. Or if you're, you know, a marketer, you are very, especially if you're in like SEO, not SEO, but if you're in like social, you're all about boosting posts and Facebook ads and I mean, I'm 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 first hand witness to what a Facebook ad can do, and I fucking hate Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, but let me tell you something: you spend a hundred dollars on Facebook to promote whatever the fuck you got. I don't care Here if it's a go. used car shop, <laughs> like it's a T-shirt, like what motherfucker. For some reason, and it's, and, it's and, and, and don't let it be connected to your Instagram because now you're promoting it across channels, and it's just it works. Right? I've seen it. I've seen a brand cake off 50 racks in a month because of a couple of Instagram, like four Instagram posts in a month or some shit. Like, I mean, uh, like Facebook ads and shit. Crazy. So. Does that lead to more diluting the, uh, I guess diluting the market, make it more saturated because more brands will see, oh, I can do this. I can put out this amount of money into digital and it just saturates the digital market. Absolutely. But it's all in how you do it. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? I think the, the fun thing is like if you're a cool brand, you try to be elusive with it, right? Like a lot of websites now, there's a lot of brands that you have to have a password to access the site or a lot of brands that don't even post product on their fucking page that don't even open their shop until the product is ready. Then they close it when it's done. You know, yeah, I mean, um, there's a couple others too. Jeff would put me on them. Um, but like, yeah, like it's just how you how you actually get, deliver that experience, I suppose. I mean, right? the shop it, uh, like the shop it, the, the shop it now option is becoming crazy, like straight off the runway. Yeah. You know, boom. Um, like, like with the guys, uh, the other, the other, Here's the other. It's like co-conspirators. They're like co-conspirators of Ronnie Fog. What I what I call them. So you got you got your man. You got your man Puma. You got Joe La Puma, right? That was like those the boys. They've been back since back. Been boo. You know all that. Yeah. Boom. Then you got like your like um, Teddy Santis. Then you got like your Chris Stamped. You know, you got these guys who like all kind of float within the same circles of like, and and are starting to produce on a different level. But these guys are also doing stuff like, yeah, like shop now, like things you can shop straight off the runway, which is normally done on like the like the women's side of things. Like it's like, yo, dudes want to be able to see, and they're really trying to bring more streetwear to uh, to fashion week. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, public school. Yeah, they did it. They were actually the. They, they are the reasons that DKNY even did shopping now is because they were there at the time. I think know? it's well, also like luxury and high fashion sees what you know. They they yeah. were following the streets, and so everybody yeah. got into copycatting streetwear and making more just comfortable, casual, everyday right. stuff, and realizing all right, right now people aren't suited. They're in athletic shit. You know, they're in sweats. They're in tech pant, tech fleece, and right. you know simple outerwear so that's where we need to go and you know they've they've tapped in and and you know i I don't want to i don't want to use the word urban but they've definitely tapped into youth culture yeah okay and just brought it you know took it a couple flights up that's real when you're looking at um you know brands like gucci charging 800 for a hoodie you know what i'm saying (laughs) like they weren't even they used to hoodies are for them are like what i call like gift items like that's that the holiday shit, you know what I'm saying? That's the shit that they really make their their bread and butter off of. Like, you know, I used to work with Burberry, and we used to make all of our money off of gift shit. So, like, the fucking, all of the uh, baby shower fucking shirts and all of that shit. <laughs> all that shit is considered baby gifting because it's like, it's kind of like a, an excessive use of the branding or whatever. So, it's, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, I got you this Burberry thing, you know. Right. I've seen that shirt. I've seen that shirt at several baby showers. The magnified, the zoomed oh, in, so the zoom many check. baby showers. There's a baby shower going on right now, right now. with that fucking shirt. Somebody's, yeah. Somebody's yeah. unwrapping it. As Either the button up or the polo, yeah. so. <laughs> or the little baby one. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> See, shout yeah. to Burberry <laughs> and your baby shirt. Right, but for them to actually think that it was uh, marketable, for them to put a hoodie out. In the middle of like the prime season, like as an item you can buy, and a T-shirt charging four hundred for the T-shirt, mm-hmm. fucking eight hundred for the hoodie. Like they're like, yo, they're looking at the market. They're looking at Givenchy, who probably, in my opinion, are the ones probably like them and like Hedy Slamandi or like really brought in like T-shirts and shit. Like in Rick Owens, like T-shirts and shit to like high fashion and making people charge two hundred dollars for a T-shirt. But like they're seeing that we're seeing that nine years later, like. And now at the end of the barrel, we have these Gucci guys and these Louis Vuitton going with Supreme. Like, yo, we about to put this hoodie out and we're about to make the streets like catch fire. Like they're going to be ridiculously expensive and it's going to be 
ridiculously exclusive. But let's also be honest. Like, look, like fashion and the consumer culture around fashion has completely changed, and it's always going to be evolving. You know, trends come, the trends go. Mm-hmm. People are really in a stage of let's start it with like, oh, we're just going to be unique. I'm going to be different. Everybody wants to be different. So you end up looking the same, but like there's this whole individuality that has, I think you're seeing now in fashion and in youth culture that you've never seen before, or at least not since maybe probably like the seventies, eighties, probably the eighties where like people are shopping thrift, Mm -hmm. you know, young kids from the hood are seeking out thrift stores. They're not necessarily like, yo, I mean, don't get it twisted. They're still trying to buy the aspirational shit, but they have no problem going to a fucking buffalo exchange and coming up on some ill ass like camo that like everybody's just mixing and matching high and low and you know and i think that that ends up having an effect on retailers i mean some of these luxury brands too fine they have that one they have that older customer that customer is dying out yeah let's be honest the older cat that the older older people that are custom suiting and blah 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 that's that's shrinking down considerably i would say that that customer is getting a lot older like the the long time bergdorf customer right mm-hmm. yeah it's like this is a terrible example but i worked at a, a magazine for a short period of time that catered to african-american women and they 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 looked old was it smooth no, 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 no. Damn. Love smooth. No. Um, he was narrowing them down in his head. This. No, actually, there was, there was more like a, it was an actual women's magazine. Uh, but not, you can name okay, drop. No. I, I don't, I'm not going to name drop Essence, but. Uh, <laughs> like. That's what I was thinking. Basically, I mean, like, you know, there's this whole new generation of young black women that need Essence. But it needs to reflect them. It needs to reflect their experience. It mm-hmm. needs to re- reflect who they are now. It can't just be, you know, no disrespect, but it can't just be like Viola Davis and fucking Angela Bassett on the cover. For Mary that. J. Blige. Yeah, Mary J. Blige with the soft purple background. Every festival. Every festival. Yeah, like, and I love that shit. Yeah, that periwinkle. They stay with they, they love that periwinkle, man. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's about catering to that that audience you know mm-hmm. what i mean or cultivating that new audience mm-hmm. i think is, is what, what you know they need to do but i forgot where i was going with all that no i was on a tangent no because then those young women will become the old viola right with davis joints right you know exactly I mean? exactly i mean that's you got to create your new customers mm-hmm. you know you grow you groom them from from young and all the way up <laughs> seriously true true um dave what you got going on this week what you watching this week uh, I ain't really doing shit. It's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Billions. Oh Billions no! So I haven't watched. Five. I haven't watched this week's episode. So, oh, yo, I haven't watched. Yo, yo that episode flipped everything on its head. Bro. I didn't see last night's episode. Oh, I I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say. I haven't seen it. I'm not say nothing. I'm behind. Okay. <laughs> Billions is fire though. Billions, yeah, Billions is, is a good. dope. Like Paul Giamatti found his found, found mm. his one. It's about time he found a show to get on. Um. But no, Billions is Fire. Axe is that nigga. Axe is that nigga, boy. Um, Fab, do you, have you watched any episode of Billions? Or? Yeah, no. Okay, okay. I'm like four episodes away. Uh, have you seen the... So you haven't even seen the poker uh, the poker tournament? Have you? Oh, man. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, was this, this, is, this is the sixth episode, right? I think so, yeah. I'm like on six. Like so, then you. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Like That's like my next but one. But if you haven't seen the poker episode yet, then you're not... Yeah. I don't know where we at then. 
All I know is that shit is good. Wait, how many seasons are there? It's a lot. Two. Two. Oh, that's so, why I'm on season it's one. one. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know what, though? That's cool because you get, you get in a good I start from season. Because season like two last... starts real slow. Yeah. It does. It does. But season one is real. And then Season one's fire. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I started it like only two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. you finish, uh, you finish suits. Yeah, it's just fire, right? Suits. Yeah, I haven't seen suits. I've seen like two episodes of suits, but from what I've seen, it yeah, is same. like it's something I can get into. But I just haven't. Was that the season how many? How many? How many seasons of suits? <sighs> yeah, a lot. Seven. I know. That's what I seven said. Seven seasons. Too. Yeah, that's, nigga. That's, 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 that's oh, daunting. Wow, I'm keeping the war, dog. I'm keeping the war. That's like when I look at. Speaking of seven, I'm writing home to my daughter. Speaking of seven. Game of Motherfucking Thrones. Ah, yes. Uh, Bastards. Yeah. It make me wait Summertime. until July. It make me wait Summer. until July. But you know what else is And I'm coming? not even going to be here. That shit pissed me off. All of July? No. Well, the, when it drops, August, the 16th. In September. But I'm saying I'm not going to see the episode because I won't be here. Okay. Uh, turn off your phone. You guys want to hear something? No. What's up? I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. That's cool. I know people <laughs> never close to me who have not Never either. seen it. You too? Only because I, by the time I got on that show, I had moved. Uh, matter of fact, when we when we lived together, I tried to get him on that show, and he was just like not having it. He would fall asleep every time I fucking. Yeah, once the you get through through those first like three episodes, it's <laughs> over. Season, it's over. Dungeon, Insecure Dungeons comes back in June too. Insecure come back. That means power's coming back. Because I know. They yes, were it uh, yes, yes, it does. Yes, the power's gonna go up against <laughs> Game of Thrones. No. You sure? It no. can, it can. Power. Remember well, they switched. Sunday. They, they switched, switched to it back. Sunday now. Power is Sunday at yeah. nine. No. Oh well, Game of Thrones is ten. We oh, good. Okay. Ooh, sure? that's a nice watch sure? party. They love mix power. They lose that. They lose that battle. <laughs> they lose that battle nine times out of ten, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Go against the Thrones. I'll, that replay always come on soon. Watch the throne, baby. Yeah. Oh, you just gotta get two TVs. You have two TVs. I do have two TVs. <laughs> yeah. That's Sunday. Sunday's football season. I have two TVs lined up ready. All day and a recliner. This shit is great. Gotta have that. Did you have it set up for the tournament? (laughs) Yes. Huh? Did you have it set up for the tournament? Yeah, I did. Oh, did we talk about Floyd? And what Floyd and Connor? Yeah. Um, I think did we touch on the last? Regardless, so I I think it's 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 bullshit to me that it's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. I think it's 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 such a money grab. It's bullshit. How much money is is uh, Floyd asking for? Hundred what? Regardless, it's a <laughs> like twenty five, right? Hundred twenty five between. Um, I thought it was just 25. between Floyd. No, he's not gonna do it for between right? da- uh, Dana White <laughs> between Conor McGregor. It's a huge fucking money grab, and the fight is gonna be shit. Conor McGregor can cannot his ass whoop. Get knocked the fuck out. Well, I don't even think he'll get knocked the fuck out. That's the other thing. Like I think he'll just get peppered by Floyd for twelve rounds straight. Floyd will win every round on the card and walk away thinking I just made another hundred million dollars for not working that hard. Or kind of gonna be pissed like yo, where's my fire? gonna fight? get yeah. in the yeah. way and he's gonna knock him out in the third nope. round. Just Floyd, because Floyd wouldn't try to box nope. Connor. Exactly, he's not. You don't think so? No. Yeah. If, Connor, if Connor hits him one time, it's a wrap. It's over. Uh, if Connor connect with that left hand, Floyd, Floyd's so you're gonna saying keep... so he is gonna knock him out early? No, and get it over with. That's the only way Connor will win the fight. That's the only way Connor will win the fight. But Floyd's not gonna. You it's can't gonna hit Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. Floyd's a defensive fighter. You can't hit him. Right. And that's the um, that's the art of watching Floyd make. Right. As soon as any he hit, turns his shoulder any, like this, yeah. you can't win. Any hit he does put on him will be like uh, it won't be the full power of the like the hit that he actually. Yeah, like Connor might tag him, but yeah, it ain't gonna be how he was trying right. to actually do it. 
So it's because he uses his fucking legs. <laughs> See, well, that's <laughs> the thing. If, if it was a U, if it was a UFC <laughs> match, away, I'd be I like, mean, all right, yo, that'd Lord, be get some his funny ass shit. Yo, what if shit. we watching this shit? Right, we watching the match, right? And this nigga, Conor McGregor, just he gets Round frustrated, and he just <laughs> roundhouses the shit out of. But what him. if it's a what if it's a reaction? Like what if he like <laughs> like how are they gonna keep his feet under control? Uh, like what is it? So fast. What are the it's rules? It's a reaction at this point. Like how do you tell? Like how are you that, that discipline that you just second nature? What's that shit? Goldberg used to do fucking backflip, spear him right. You just spear him in the face. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, so he kicks him. Floyd doesn't go down, and it turns to an all out brawl. Now, nah, Floyd's um, the money team gonna be in the ring so quick. Like Justin Bieber gonna it. be running. That's, the, that's their meal ticket. Snipers yeah. on the that's roof. The whole time. <laughs> money <laughs> team. They not. They are not for play. Not having it. Beebs. I, I see. I seen Floyd roll up when I was in Grand Central one time. I seen Floyd roll up with like in Grand Central. In Grand Central, he was going to the store next to Grand. Central. I was like, that name was. He was going Grand to the store Central. next to Grand Central, and there were four or five expeditions rolled up, and they were like. Six like <laughs> there was like sixty six ten niggas outside and Floyd. <laughs> not touching Floyd. It's not gonna happen. No, I'm not gonna touch the boss. You're not touching Floyd. Um, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it's a big money grab, but they gonna make the money. I'm not paying for the fight. I'll go somewhere and watch though. Who have it? Um, closing up the tab. Um, Chris, thank you for coming in and uh, and sharing your pains. Thank you for having uh, me and your voice with us. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. Um, big up to Delmore uh, Single Malt Whiskey, twelve year for uh, getting the conversation flowing. Yeah, we're gonna need another cup of that. Yeah, all the savages. I joined tastes like warm syrup. <laughs> And slightly, yeah, that is slightly chill. Which actually isn't a bad description. I personally just don't eat warm syrup. syrup. Yeah. Funny story, I saw Super Troopers the other night at the beginning of all uh, niggas is chugging his syrup. Yes. Hysterically laughing. Yes. <laughs> um, closing up the tab, um, definitely, uh, you know, thanks for everybody for coming, uh, sharing your opinions tonight. Um, quick message for the uh, for the night and a quick tip is to just invest in yourself. Invest in your health. Um, that's the only way you will prosper because nobody else will do it if you don't do it for you. Um Shit. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just like as really I sip this whiskey, right? <laughs> um, cheers. Um, so you know, once again, thank y'all for coming through. Um, enjoy the rest of your glasses. Uh, my name's Ken. I'm Dad. I'm Dave, and you listen to the Last Call Podcast. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>